Hassan Hanai. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm going to introduce these beautiful voices to you uh, with the British accent. This is my dear friend who I've been so excited, who has been traveling the world to finally now come and make it, reunite with me and make it to my podcast. Relationship expert, um, friend extraordinaire, and adventurous, Mr. Matthew Hussey. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Can't wait to check in with you about your travels. And then also beside me is my ride or die, my brother, Dennis. Um, Yeah, Dennis. The only reason why I even have a podcast is because of this young man right here. About six years ago, he put me on to podcasts and maybe me listen to these long ass radio stations i'm putting air quotes up because i didn't know what the hell they were joe rogan being one of them and now got me just obsessed with it i mean anything i can do where i don't have to like lend my eyes all the work and i can just do my makeup drive in the car or you know even scroll and shop on instagram i'm listening to podcasts in the background heaven for you coming from the tv world to just have a thought that you can allow to breathe. Wow. Like to not actually have to make something a stupid soundbite. That's oh, the soundbite. So interesting that you said that. My life is built off of teases and soundbites. Right. And, you know, teasing like coming up, why Khloe Kardashian decided to stay with Tristan. Like you just have to say something <laughs> to get your ass to sit there. And I'm known to be long-winded on my show. Like honestly, all the girls will tell you. They're like, oh my God, Jeannie's the one that can go on and on. But it's because I have so much more layers and, and so many more layers in depth to what I'm thinking. I'm not saying they're not deep, but I just, I'm like, but why behind everything? Everything can have more of a why instead of just the thought. But do you think that that's, is TV making a mistake? Like by, is it just continuously underestimating its audience? Because I do morning shows where I am just watching this crazy ADD insanity going on around me where sure. it's like, yes. now we're wheeling in a kangaroo. <laughs> and then the, kangaroo, oh, but the kangaroo's been on TV for longer than two that's minutes. Co- that's People can't all the focus way on a kangaroo for <laughs> more than two minutes. So now we bring on a pair of denim jeans. How often yeah. should you wash your denim jeans? <laughs> then you leave them, then you can't. Like, it's just, it's like this crazy thing that I, I wonder how much TV is just underestimating its audience because apparently they are, it can't be a completely different audience that's going and listening to podcasts or watching Rogan for two hours. I agree with you, but at the same time, look at how TV is no different than our scrolling of the gram or our phone. You're scrolling the gram, you've got text messages popping in, TikTok just updated with something. You've got a sale that's popping up as an ad on Instagram to shop now. You know what I mean? Like the phone also gives you that very short clip, bite size, immediate satisfying pieces of news that keep you busy. So I think those shows do cater to those people. And then I do think that there's people that love a four hour movie like The Irishman Mm, or, mm, you know, these mm. long, you know, sagas of like binge watch worthy shows. So so I think it appeals to everybody. in, in, in what you need like you just said so yourself you'll tune into Joe Rogan but only if you have that 20 minute lunch break right, and then right, you'll right. sit there for a long drive if you need so I love I love TV for what it can do and I love my show on the reel for what we can do to just get give somebody you know 48 minutes of pure entertainment yeah. or take your mind off things but I also love podcasts to just kind of let your mind go and actually go deeper into the thoughts than to get the genes that are coming in to tell you how to wash them next I am so glad that you specifically are doing this really because you you're not you're a thinker and you're someone who needs like you are wildly intelligent you oh thank you are extremely articulate you think deeply 
I've been on the phone to you where it's like a conversation that was going to be five minutes turns into an hour. That was memorable. Right? And it's like, that's, this is, I'm so happy that people are going to hear your thoughts at length because it's, you've, I've had conversations with you where I came away from the conversation thinking I'm that that's made me think differently. That's given me something to take into my own life. And that's, it's going to be amazing for your audience. Thank you, Matthew. That means a lot. And and again, like I said, I was really excited to get you back in here. Just so you guys know, in order to um, make sure and lock down Matthew's arrival here at this podcast, I actually called him while he was in Poland, (laughs) freezing cold and doing some adventurous things that I'm going to tell you about in a bit. But I literally called him to just like secure the bag. Him being the bag. I was like, <laughs> yeah. yo, you coming in, right? Like, I just want to make sure what you take to me out here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Matthew. Okay, so first let's just talk about, if you guys follow Matthew Hussey's work, first of all, on YouTube, he's a fucking killer when it comes to just locking down all the aspects of relationships, life, and most of all, loving yourself. And if you also follow him on my favorite feed the, the, on Instagram, you'll see that he recently embarked on a really cool journey with a bunch of dudes. This whole like, I saw like Crazy. a like it was a bro soup that you yeah. guys were in, <laughs> like this fucking stewing soup that wasn't hot. Yes. But it was like cold. And so, where did you go? Why were you there? And why was it strictly Dickly? I went. I got invited by a, a dear friend of mine, Lewis House, who has the School of Greatness podcast. To, he sent me a text and he, it was about the 14th of December. He sent me a text and he said, Matt, I am taking a group of high achiever guys to Poland to do a retreat with Wim Hof, also known as the Iceman. To give you a, a, a brief introduction to Wim Hof, he's now someone that a lot of people, I guess, see as, as a kind of spiritual leader. But... Historically, he's been known for all sorts of world record breaking feats, uh, specifically in extreme weather conditions. Guys, like, for example, quote, set Guinness world records for swimming under ice and prolonged full body contact with ice and still holds the record for a barefoot half marathon on ice and snow. Right. The fuck? So I, I say he got he got famous doing things that you and I wouldn't do because we would die. Uh, and because we don't want to. And he's 60 <sighs> years old, by the way. He's right. He's a, he he. Wow. It, the physical feats alone he's done have been extraordinary. So I was aware of this guy. I'd seen him around. He's kind of become bigger and bigger over the last couple of years. And a lot of people do his techniques. They enjoy the breathing techniques. They do the ice baths. He recommends like daily cold showers or ice baths. And so all of this is my worst nightmare. I mean, right. none of it appealed to it, me none of Even, it sounds sexy to no me at all. like the cold showers like you, why why ruin your shower like right. it just and if it's daily like that's every day yes there's a part of my shower i'm deeply not looking forward to right anyway i was in it was december i for whatever reason i got to the end of a, a year last year where i was like you know what i need i want to shake things up i want to like and my and lewis pitched it to me just right he was like dude it's the beginning of a new year. It's the beginning of a new decade. Let's do something crazy. Like, let's do something that kicks the decade off with a bang. It's already the trailer to the best movie for Hangover. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm in. Like, screw it. Um, let's do this. I'm in. He then sent me a link to a documentary done by a bunch of guys from a, a YouTube channel called Yes Theory where they had gone and done a very similar experience with Wim Hof. Recently? 
it was about two years ago. Okay. I went home, having said yes to Lewis, watched this documentary, and I cannot tell you, with every minute of this documentary, more and more I regretted the decision <laughs> to say yes. Oh, shit. I was so, this was more than like, like you laugh now for me, I was not in a like playful, oh my God, like what have I done? Yeah, right. That wasn't what it was to me. I watched this thing and I was like, this is a this is a mistake. Because like, it was just too intense, I'm assuming. So intense, so extreme. And I thought, this can't even this doesn't even seem safe. Like this is this is crazy. Like they were doing, you know, an ice bath for an athlete is like a dunk or a couple of minutes, you know, and even the ice baths that Wim Hof suggests you do on your own yeah. are like two minutes long. They did a ten minute ice bath or why man like why would you why i and and one of the guys looked like genuinely he he like was so he's like the character that throughout the whole documentary was looking at the whole experience going what are we doing yes like yeah, this is this. i'm yeah. gonna we're gonna like hurt ourselves and yes yeah and your nuts a, will freeze off it's thing. not yeah. this is not right. cute and he had a bad experience of the ice of the 10 minutes in the ice because he got out and he genuinely thought like i'm gonna lose he thought he was gonna lose his hands it was that painful it was so, so painful wait can the human body take that by the way can the human body actually go into ice for 10 minutes well this is it, the did thing. you go into hypothermia or something uh, that I, you well you can certainly uh, I don't know what I'm not the guy to know what at what point, which is exactly. You didn't go through a safety course. Well, this is the thing. I like I. So I'm watching this. I'm watching them jump off of cliffs into frozen lakes. I'm they one at one part they climb to the highest point in the Czech Republic, the highest mountain in the Czech Republic, um, called Mount Schnitzka, I think it's called, um, in nothing but their shorts and uh, and shoes. So everything else, like you're basically half naked, but yes. for your shorts. And in, in, you know, terrible, like really freezing weather conditions. So I'm watching this whole thing. I, I lose sleep now. Like I can't sleep. And Christmas, by the way, is like my favorite time of year. I go, <laughs> I go home to be Warm with family. And and yeah, yes. I've spent yeah. all year in LA, high frequency, like lots going on, traveling, touring, doing yes. all my events. And then like Christmas is this time where I get to go home and switch off and just be with the people I love. They're all fucking onesie on. Yeah, exactly. Off For two weeks, just make an absolute pig of myself yes. and do nothing. And it really pissed me off because now it was ruining my Christmas. Yes. Like I, and you hadn't even gone your own couch. Even gone, yeah, and I'm like sitting at home now and I'm thinking, what have I done? Why did I say yes mm -hmm. to this? I'm embarrassed because now I want to go back to Lewis and be like, hey, because I was so gung-ho. You yeah, don't understand. Yeah. I said to Lewis, like, dude, I'm in. Like, let's do it. Yes. Why not? Yes. Why not? And now I looked at it and I thought, I, I, I have to get out of this. Like, I have to, I'm not, I can't do this. So then I, I was... I messaged Lewis and I was like, "Hey man, uh, give me a give me a night. I just want to sleep on this. Like, give me a night." I was like, he could already tell. I was like, "Did you, wait, wait, did you call him sure. and, and actually say that to him in person, or did you leave a voice note?" I texted. Text? I texted. <laughs> text. text. You don't want to respond. One degree of you separation. You don't want to deal with the yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> totally. Come and, on. He, and he was like, "Okay, That's man." Funny. I was like, "Dude, I watched the documentary. It's insane. Like, what?" 
I was like, for, he was like, I shouldn't have sent it to you. I was gonna say I wouldn't give the documentary no. if I thought that there was a chance it could be too extreme. If you're for trying somebody. to make the sale, you don't send <laughs> yeah, yeah, the don't send the, don't docu- send the documentary. Yeah. So over the next few days, I I was genuinely like losing sleep. I'm not having a good time. I'm like, this is ruining this time of year for me. If I go, I'm gonna be fretting about it. If I don't go now, I've got this feeling of I'm a quitter, and I right. like I had all this macho thing going on in my head where I'm like, God, this is. I can't be that guy now. I can't be the guy. They're all going to be like, I'm going to see it on their Instagram all week. And now like, I'm going to be thinking, oh God, I like, they're doing this experience. It didn't help the group that was going because the group, it was like, it, it had like, Two-time Olympic gold medalist Nick Simmons. Um, wow. You know, it okay. had uh, uh, Steve Weatherford, like NFL Super Bowl winner. It, like everyone on this list, Jesse Itzler, who's like this extraordinary entrepreneur who's also known outside of being a, 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 like just a winning entrepreneur in life many times over, known for doing 100-mile runs in a day. Like everyone on this list was just someone who is extraordinary on some level like yourself thank you no i'm being serious <laughs> thank I, you're you. already here i don't need to kiss your ass any further like you're here i'm telling you like yourself you were chosen for that very reason it sounds i like appreciate the same, that the right group well I, but that was that's what in, was interesting i what i looked at the group and i was like like this is a group of like these guys you know everyone's super capable like i'm you don't want, you know, there's a part of you as a man, you don't want to go into a group where it's like, I could be the weak link here. Mm. Uh, like I could, normally I'm like- Definitely not you, right. I feel athletic. I feel like I, you know, every, my sports are Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, boxing. Like I'm I'm like not normally associate, I don't associate that. I'm like this group of guys, I might be, I might be the one dragging behind. <laughs> right, right. So eventually I just resolved. I was, I started doing cold showers. I started, we have a koi pond in our back garden. Oh my God. This is going going? to sound so ridiculous. It it is ridiculous. I have photos of this. I'm just going (laughs) to warn you that koi are the fish of our people and Lunar New Year just passed by. I need you to be respectful right now. (laughs) What the fuck you're about to do with these koi fish? I was actually worried that I I would be upsetting the koi (laughs) by being in their domain. So I, I thought, what's the closest thing to like, a frozen lake <laughs> in Poland in the winter. And I thought out oh, the koi, the koi pond, pond in the winter in London. And so I London. would go outside, I would do a training session, do a gym session. And then I'd, <laughs> I had a trainer there and she would time me while I slipped into the koi pond up to my neck and sat there and just f- froze with the fish. Whoa. And you were doing this to prepare yourself. Did did your friend recommend <laughs> this, the by fish. the way, or did you no. just yeah, right? <laughs> no one recommended you know, bathing in a koi pond. Sure, but I I literally thought to myself, I can't. I was so scared. Like I'm not playing up how scared I was. I I called many friends, many people I trust, and said, should I do this? Like this seems reckless. It seems unnecessary. Am I? Is this just ego? that's making me do this. And it's completely unnecessary because people do stupid shit for ego all it's the time. It's essentially all the people going up Everest like yeah. right now. It's so trendy, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's so dangerous too. Is it ego too. though? I don't think it's ego. I think there, I mean, there's a sense of ego that drives you, yes. But at the end of the day, there's also a lot of, there's passion into it. And there's right. also, uh, there's also a, um, th- that there's a, a need to just reach that personal goal i don't think that's ego there's also drive in there there's heart there's There's humanity i think sometimes in life you for whatever reason an experience speaks to you where you're at totally there would be times in my life and for many people where i think an experience like that is 
it kind of is like, what's the point? Why would I do this right now? For me, it felt like there's something about this time in my life where I feel like, and I, I couldn't quite my, put my finger on it. And I'll tell you, I came to a conclusion about this while I was on the program. Uh, and this was what was so interesting to me was kind of discovering more about why I'd even made that choice, why I was willing to put myself through that, even though I was deathly afraid. And I, I committed at a certain point, I got past like three minutes in the koi pond. <laughs> That's what a ridiculous sentence that is. Oh. And I, and I thought, Can you imagine these koi clustered <laughs> in the corner? Like this bitch just, what kind of disrespect? <laughs> like, you know what? Their certain... mustaches are curled in. <laughs> there was a certain point where the biggest koi in the pond gave me a look like you're ready. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I literally was getting past like minute three, minute four, and I thought, I'm, I, I might be able to do this. Like I, and I, and what was driving me was fear. I, I thought I do not want to be there, and be as afraid as I know I feel right now. I want to. I'm going to experience fear on my terms now before I even go. And so I started doing daily ice baths and my family were taking pictures of me looking like an insane person in the pond. With your head like, dangling outside of right. this pond. I was going for runs with my shirt off in the middle of winter in London. Were you recording this? Why didn't you put this on the gram? This is exciting and you know, climactic. You know, because it felt like if I did that, there's like it felt like too much pressure. I'm going to tell people oh, all it. about yeah. this before this is I go into it. Yeah, yeah I was this like, isn't this, for the likes. I don't need that on top yes. of it. yes. So eventually, like the day comes around, I, I I go and it is an incredible group of men, like just, but not just, not just achievers, like people who were all, they'd done interesting work on themselves, emotionally intelligent, you know, they, they were not what you would think from the outside. They were just a, such an incredible group of people. Wow. And we went through this experience together, which was as, as extreme and more. Uh, as so I it thought was, it would be. Was it worse as far as extremity than what you pictured? Or was it, did you overplay it so bad that you actually helped yourself out and it wasn't that it bad? Was, you know what I mean? It was exactly as hard as I thought it would be. Okay. And there were also things added that I didn't think would happen. Mm -hmm. So like we, you know, we got there and the day we got there, Wim comes along and he's like, okay, everybody get to sleep. Tomorrow we jump into the frozen lake. <laughs> And I'm like, that's the first thing we're going to do. We're not going to like, you know. Literally the icebreaker, yeah. We're yeah, not yeah. going to like go and like yeah. take a, like let's walk like into a the trust, lake. A, a trust challenge where you guys throw yeah. ice on each other or something. Yeah, yeah like yeah, no, yeah. like we're, that's the first thing we're going to do. And so we, you know, we literally go, we walk out to this, this lake, we get to the top of this cliff and one by one people are jumping off and it was i mean i genuinely thought this is like one of those moments some one of the guys made the mistake nick in one of the guys nick he was like yeah man it's kind of crazy like where i'm from people there are kids that that jump in the frozen water every year and some of them die yeah. okay and i'm like yeah. wow why are you why are you telling me this <laughs> what is the like, and he was like no they get like what's called blue shock they like breathe because they get the gasp reflex when you jump in frozen water makes you gasp underwater and, and then breathe you choke in. in all this cold oh, water yeah, right yeah, yeah. so so i'm like whim uh this thing that i've just been told about we're literally walking to the frozen lake so yeah I'm like, right right we're on our way i've just heard this 
like I needed one more thing to worry about. I was already, I was already worried. I'm going to jump in and have a heart attack. Yeah. Like, what if my heart stops? Right, right. On impact. Yes. That was my worry. Now I'm also worried about the the drowning. The yeah, thing. <laughs> so now yeah. I will gasp. So I said, I said to Wim, I'm like, Wim, someone just told me about this thing that happens when people go underwater and they gasp and then they, oh yeah, yeah, blue shock. <laughs> I'm like, so that's his thing. He yeah. goes, yeah, yeah, we're not going to get that. We know how to breathe. I went, but, <laughs> but this is the first thing we're doing. And you like, haven't trained us on not doing that mistake. Well, we had done a breathe. We'd done an hour's breathing that morning. But I oh, thought, okay. I can't rely on that when my right. body hits the ice. Yeah. Like that's, like, so we did it. It was amazing. It was so liberating. It was such an incredible moment. Like it genuinely was this beautiful moment. And all of a sudden, like this group of guys were like, they were uh, in together. Did you they guys like, do the thing? Do you guys do? Is this just in like Old Spice commercials? Sword fight. Like, no. <laughs> no, no, no. That was all. it. Was exactly like okay, that. That's so I it was it. exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. And then you know it kept getting more and more intense. Like day two, we did a ten-minute ice bath, um, which was extremely difficult by so minutes. So how was the koi? On a one to ten, what was the koi pond compared to the ten of the ice bath? Yeah. The the ice bath. We had to crack the like it was in a little pool outside his house in the frozen temperature we had to crack the top of the pool open in order to get in it Shit. so it was i mean it was yeah it was it was it was tough and you know we're in there and there's like 12 of us crammed into this little you know we called it the hot tub we call it dick soup <laughs> <laughs> we used to call it dick soup I, used to have wait, this. I did see one girl in there in the photo she was our chef chef Camus. okay uh, chef oh. in the dick soup all right hold on we gotta take a break i gotta get right back to this matthew don't go anywhere guys because we got some more of this dick soup recipe coming up <laughs> Hey guys, it's Cheyenne Davis. You may know me from MTV's Teen Mom OG or Think Loud Crew podcast. I'm here with my dad, Papa Floyd, to tell you about our new podcast, Unfiltered Kitchen. The kitchen is the hub of the household for many of us. The one-stop shop for conversations both big and small. Cheyenne and I have been having open conversations about all aspects of life in our kitchen since well before she was able to see over the counter. And now we're inviting you into our own kitchen as a part of the family. Unfiltered Kitchen is a two-way street. I share my advice on cocktails, cooking, parenting, and the lessons I've learned. And I inform my dad what it's like to raise kids today, how generational barriers affect us, and the joys of being a daughter. Well, your daughter. Get ready for a whole lot of unfiltered advice. You can take it or leave it, but you're never going to leave this table feeling hungry for more. Listen to Unfiltered Kitchen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, man. We are talking about this beyond righteous trip that Matthew Hussey, my relationship expert, my friend extraordinaire, just came back from mm. where you had pretty much the do trip of all do trips in history. You in Poland in extreme ice temperatures, yeah. bonding, and the second day that you just started to describe was being in an ice bath where you have how many guys? There were, I think there were 11 of us. 11 guys in a little ice bath where you basically had to crack the top of the ice to get into this freezing cold temperature of yeah. what temperature was the water, by the way? Oh, I, I don't know. It must have been, it must be zero. Zero. Uh, was, yeah. And then you had yeah. one girl who decided to join you too. 
the chef. We had one, <laughs> our chef, Chef Camus, who is a beast, by the way. Like, yeah. her, she's incredible. Why did she decide to do this? She had actually been following that the Wim Hof method oh. for like 12 months prior. And so she had, was already connected with women. She's also just an incredible chef uh, who like studied under Jamie Oliver, who's a, mm. you know, Jamie. And, you know, she, I mean, she was amazing. She actually cooked... Uh, uh, plant-based the whole week which oh. I'm not like that's not my thing I'm I'm like a carnivore but it, <sighs> it's I, really good you don't notice it was amazing yeah. it was just incredible yeah. and so she was but she'd been following the method so she was like I mean you know she I spend my whole life around women I've spent the last 10 years of my life your business exclusive. is based around women exactly Matthew. so like I am well aware of how tough women are yeah. like women are unbelievably tough and i've also boxed for years where i like some of the some of the women that i watch boxing are like they're um they're amazing so yeah. i'm aware of how tough women can be and often just how much better women deal with pain than mm. men do so like to watch it was amazing watching her she was super calm and very relaxed in the ice bath wow the guys it the guys needed to chant like <laughs> we, we got to like we got to like minute seven and whim he has this like chant that he does where he goes mm -t, mm -t, mm -t, mm -t. that's called the beatbox <laughs> well uh, so uh, where's he from he's uh yeah this whim? accent you're giving whim is whim from he sounds like he's from like the from netherlands Queens? i think he's from the netherlands, Queens and the netherlands. i think he might be from the netherlands Get yeah. the fuck out of here! He might be from the Netherlands. Yo, somebody give me a donut. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I don't quote me on that, but I think he might be. Yeah. But he He's a Viking for sure. He, He's got the blood. So we're we're in the ice bath. We go through that whole experience, which is crazy. I mean, when you get out of a 10-minute ice bath, you you don't warm up like quickly. You we you know, we spent like 15 minutes warming up outside first, because his whole thing is I don't want you to just have to rely on an external heat source to warm up. So imagine like being in frozen water, then getting out, you're still in your swim shorts, right. which are now like frozen, and you're warming up organically, <sighs> naturally outside in frozen temperatures. So it's actually warmer when you get out of the water. In yeah, the freezing but then cold you get what's air. called like the, the afterdrop. Right? Oh, okay. And that's where like you can, you know, 10 minutes in or whatever, it's like it hits your body and the cold blood what's now like super cold blood from t exposure with the ice starts mixing with the warm blood in your body and it's a s very very strange experience it's like someone's flushing the inside of your body Ooh. with frozen like ice cold water yes. it's a it can be quite painful so what happens is you go and get in the sauna and the sauna feels like a fridge it feels cold I know. Because I actually can picture what you're talking about because yeah. we've been in not so extreme temperature contrasts, but when you get into super hot, it does feel initially really cold. Right. So I kind of picture right. what you're saying until it starts to meld. In it way. takes a long. It takes a while to warm up again. Um, Wait, remind me really quick because um, I don't think we covered this. Why are you doing this again? Like, so, what's the purpose of the cold? So well, okay. So I'm not qualified to talk about this, and in in some ways, it will take me time to figure out whether I see like a health benefit from it. I can't oh. I can't quote that because I don't know. The idea, you know, of it is that it improves what Wim calls cardiovascular fitness. Okay. Um that you're essentially working those uh 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 your cardiovascular system. Uh and it's becoming stronger because it's having to do the work charge to charge itself right, to acclimate. Right. Um but 
I think what he says is over time, it brings your heart rate down because your heart's not having to work as hard because your whole system is working better to pump blood around the body. Um, and also there's a there's a huge, obviously, mind over matter. For sure element to it that it's a i know wim experienced tragedy in his own life uh, in the loss of his wife and i think i believe that was one of the things that really precipitated his healing when he went when he he what he said is when he when i went into the cold when i went and sat in like i literally went and got in a lake that you know a frozen lake and when i was in the ice i couldn't think about anything else the only thing I could think about was survival, was was that moment. And I can say I've experienced that. Like no matter what, he, you know, he says, you can't, when you're in the ice, you don't think about your heartbreak. You don't think about the thing you're anxious about. You don't think about that work stress. You don't think about anything but where you are in that moment. And so what is incredibly difficult to do through meditation, where we know we're always trying to bring back you know, bring your mind away from that distracting thought, that thought, sure. that thought, that thought. We're constantly training our mind to come back. That kind of all happens automatically in the ice. Wow. You don't need to train your mind to do it. Your mind is there. Yes. Experiencing extreme stress. Yes. But not the stress of everything else in your life. Okay. And just a question because I detest cold. So mm. I'm just wondering, in meditation, after you manage to get your mind out of all the distractions and into that nice little zen where you can begin to just think about nothing and be mm -hmm. present, does that happen in the ice where eventually the cold kind of just becomes numb and you think about just nothing and mm -hmm. survival or you fucked up the entire second, every millisecond of the time? It, it kind of comes life? in waves. You The okay. first two minutes are very hard. Yeah. And then there's a kind of a break from it where your body goes kind of numb you are now that those painful sensations go away uh and you get some some peace it's not easy okay but you get some respite from that extreme sensation and that extreme sensation is the thing that makes people jump out like they're you know i've i've heard of grown men who get in the ice and then within 10 seconds they jump straight out again because they're like i can't i'm not i'm this is too much sure but they're not actually getting through that period where it's extreme discomfort, extreme pain on the body. Because on the other side of that, there is a kind of a much more relaxed place. Now, in a 10-minute ice bath, that swings back around, you know, minute whether it's minute four or minute five, all of a sudden, the pain rushes back Come in. Back. So you, you kind of go through these waves. And I watched that in the 10-minute ice bath. I watched guys who were like, they were good. And then all of a sudden, two minutes later, you see someone shivering violently and struggling big time. Right, so. right. The analogy you just painted about the reward at the end of the extreme pain you that you can only experience when you get to that absolute highest peak point of cold. I mean, is that is that very similar to what we go through in life? I mean, the best rewards, fucked up as it is, happen at the very end or after the worst heartache or the worst pain that we have to endure, or the worst lesson or the worst trauma. There are gifts in life. Like I don't think that nothing's free, mm. right? Nothing's free in life. But I also think on the other side of, of things that seem to cost a lot it is always some kind of reward too. There's a balance there. And even in the last few years, there are things I've experienced that have been intensely painful. And I am so happy for those things. I won't say that every, like, there's no scars. I won't say that there's nothing that I'm still, like, figuring out. But I am intensely grateful for things today that 
at the time I couldn't imagine how I would ever be grateful for that thing. Mm. Um, and so I do think that there's a extreme stress can precipitate a really, you, you get to be a really interesting person at the end of that. And you do get this sense of confidence that comes from knowing, well, well I handled that. Like, I think a lot of our lack of confidence comes from forgetting what we've already handled. For sure. We, we don't, for sure. We, we, we forget. Or just dismissing it. Yeah, like, you've already done that. You've already been through that really yeah. difficult thing. Like, trust me, this is not going to beat you. You're going to be all right. Right. We forget about those things. Um, but, you know, the other thing is, I just, one of the, the metaphors that Wim talks about from this is just, you're going to go home and you're going to endure stress in your life. So, so much of life is just your ability to tolerate stress like we we're always looking for like a time when it's going to be better mm -hmm. but as quick as as quick as we've got peace there's something else that's coming our way that we didn't anticipate sure. and so it, what's your tolerance of difficulty what's your tolerance of stress how comfortable are you in the ice wherever it is yes in life because you're going to have it there's no there's no escaping that sure Right, no, it's interesting though, but you're you're like proactively putting yourself into this event, whereas stress is all around you, right? Yeah. Like we can, yeah. stress is easy to find, but you're actually like um, taking time out of your day to put yourself in a stressful, it's very interesting. Which kind one of could, by the way, one could easily argue, and I think there's some legitimacy to this, that you don't need to put yourself in situations like that because life's going to do it for you anyway. So I do kind of understand that argument. Like life throws enough difficult things at you without you having to go and do something like that. But I look, I think you have to kind of be guided by what what things scare me and why do they scare me? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes sometimes things scare you for the right reason. Like right. you shouldn't you shouldn't do that. Like it's actually going to be you, this is going to harm you. This is going to be dangerous. Right. Whatever. This fell into one of those. This fell into like the mid category for me where I was not sure. I was like. I, the unknown I'm, scared you. It, it, and the discomfort scared you. Everything about it. Sure. Yeah. I didn't. I, I thought maybe I really could get hurt here. Yes. But I also thought even if I don't, this is going to be so unbearably uncomfortable. Sure. Um, right. Yeah. And, and also, you know, look, this is, this is the stuff that's more personal to me is I... I realized, and I really, I said this to the guys on the program. We we sat around and we talked, and like people really shared. It was a, it was really amazing. That's a whole other thing right. I want to talk That's about. That's the other part because, we haven't even touched on. Yeah, but, you know, I I said to the guys like, doing this made me realize, I've spent the last ten years working with people and getting them to do really difficult things. Right, I I have literally worked with millions of women across the world in their love lives in their confidence and in their careers in everything getting them to take more risks getting them to go for situations in life that make them uncomfortable getting them to have the difficult conversation that they're afraid of having with someone who's not meeting their needs or someone who's disrespecting them getting them to walk away from a relationship that's not working for them even though they're terrified of being alone that they will never meet anyone else getting them to go on a date that yeah. they're freaked out about yeah. like there's discomfort everywhere and i have been the guy for 12 years now who's pushed people into that discomfort and you know in a moment where I was really honest with myself and and the rest of the guys there I said I look at my life and and I wonder how many times have I have I genuinely done things that make me deeply deeply uncomfortable mm -hmm. and scared of course now what's easy for for someone like me and for for people like me is when you've achieved a certain amount in your life 
and you know that that achievement has taken risks. You can point to all of that and say, look at me, I'm a risk taker. And I'm good. I'm, I, I did my dues. I'm an entrepreneur. Look, you think I could have got here if I didn't make myself totally. uncomfortable? You think I could be like, I'm from I'm from London. I had no I had no way of being in America, of living here, of getting a green card, of building a, a global brand of yeah. like. Who, uh, you know, there was no reason that at 19, when I started, anyone should have listened to anything I said. I, there's so many risks I took. There's so many ways that I created things in my life because I was willing to do something uncomfortable. Sure. That's, that's the easy answer. Right? Mm. Now, even on that level, even if that's true, which it partly is, you can still look at that and go, yeah, but that was then. What are you doing now? to scare yourself? What are you doing now to make yourself uncomfortable? It's so easy to get to a point of comfort in life and then plateau, right? So that was one thing. But then I looked at my past and I'm like, but even a lot of the areas where I have told myself I've taken risk, I still did it in areas where I kind of felt like I might have been the shit. You know? Interesting. Like that's very honest. Uh, and I and I relate to you when you say this too. Like for sure. Making videos, getting on stage, risks, for sure. But I knew I had an ability. Mm -hmm. Like I knew, like, this is not refined. <laughs> it's not right. it needs ridiculous amounts of practice. Right. But I've got something. Right. Kind of knew that. I've got something. And and so you're taking risk. You are. And you have to give yourself credit to know I worked extraordinarily hard and did things other people weren't willing to do. But I still, it was a calculated risk. Right, because you know your wheelhouse, you know what you're right. capable of, so you're working with all the tools that you know are readily there. Correct. A f dear friend of mine, my publisher uh, at HarperCollins, Karen Rinaldi, wrote a book called uh, It's Great to Suck at Something. Mm. And her whole philosophy in this book, wonderful book, for everyone should get it, but she talks about how important it is to do things you suck at. And she asks people this question in interviews, uh, and she even encourages people to ask it on a date. What do you suck at? And when you ask people that question, it actually makes them intensely uncomfortable. Most people. Right. They don't, people think that that would be an easy thing to answer, but it makes a lot of people very uncomfortable. Yes, and we also live in a world where you're not supposed to celebrate that you suck at something. I'm putting air quotes. You're yeah, supposed to be like, brag, yeah, you know, oh, it's a it, challenge. Like, it, you don't yeah. want to say the words negatively. Right. Like, you're right. Yeah. We don't right. own that. We're in the world of like self-love. And the temptation is to say, I, I mean, yeah, I suck at this. But I actually think I could be good at it if right, I right. did a lot. You know, like right. we, even then we qualify yeah. it. I'm working to overcome this. Right. Yeah. And what she says is, we have to get much more comfortable with sucking at something and doing something just for the just for the joy of doing it. Not even, she said, the point of this book is not for you to suck at something because ultimately the lesson is if you keep doing it, you're going to get better. Yeah. That's not the lesson of the book. Uh -huh. The lesson is even if you continue to suck at it, which you might, there are certain things you should do just for enjoyment, not because you're ever going to be good. She talks about surfing. She says, I've done surfing for years and I suck. People don't believe me, but I suck. And why? Why mentally? Why? She and I and I have come to believe this myself. She's she believes that there is a humility that you learn from doing something where you're not good at it naturally, 
but you learn your way. That's this right here for me right now. Very uncomfortable, like just being on camera, being on a microphone. Is that right? Yeah, just interesting. But it's a but it's interesting to me, just being in this because I like podcasts so much. Yeah. So yeah. Is it singing karaoke? Is that too shallow? Is singing karaoke something you suck at, but you do because you just suck at it? And because I hate it. I, when people invite me, this fucking city loves to do karaoke. I, and I think it's because everything closes at two, and so the only things open is like illegal K Town, where yeah. everything's open till six yeah. in the morning. You can still drink and smoke inside. Yeah. So everybody's like, "Let's go to karaoke," and I hate singing in front of people, and I have a terrible voice. But right. I'll do it, but I don't know if that's the no, depth but, they're trying but, to get but, to. But it kind of because you know we we avoid these things that we suck at. I I actually realized I for years I said I hate karaoke. Uh huh. And then I go to Tokyo with my brothers. Uh-huh. And we rent a karaoke room because we're like it's Tokyo. It's the thing to do, right? We wanted our like lost in translation moment. Sure. <laughs> we so we're renting this room and we're singing and while they're doing their thing, like picking their next song, I'm singing and I'm enjoying it. I'm like having a good time. I'm like, why am I having a good time? Why are you having a good time if you bring it back to your friend's philosophy on sucking at something? Because I think that the reason I say I hate karaoke is because I actually, the idea of sucking at karaoke is what I hate. I don't hate karaoke. Who Most people like singing. Yeah. We like singing True. in the shower. Sure. We like singing in the car. Yeah. Absolutely. So do I hate karaoke or do I hate the idea of sucking singing in front ah, of a group of sure. people? Got you. Yes. Right? Got you. So it's, it, I, I, you know, the reason I bring her up is because I realized how few times in my life I do things that I genuinely suck at. I engineer my life around things that I'm good at so that I never have to suck. And all the while I can say, look at how great I am at this thing. Look how, yes, you know. Yes, I, I'm, it's a nice safe house. And you get to look never scared. Yeah. Cause, oh, you look good Matthew doing Hussey, it. He's so confident. Yeah. Oh, I wonder fucking why. Because he does shit he's comfortable with all the time. Right. Right. That's why he's comf- That's why we we appear confident because we're watching these these people go and live at home all the time. Yes. Right. Do things that are in their element. Yeah. And so I... I said to this group of guys on this thing, I said, I've spent the last 12 years working with people. I I have retreats twice a year of my own. I have all these amazing programs and people change their lives as a result. And I thought, I can't point to a thing that I've done recently that has scared the fucking shit out of me. Right. and, And I'm not good at it. I am not good in the cold. When we would like go to cold places as a, when I was a kid, I would be the first one to need to go home because my fingers were frozen. Right, right. Like my mom has uh, Reynolds, uh, I think it's called, where you're literally like you have bad circulation and sure. your fingers go yellow sure. in the cold. Like I, I have bad circulation and I always told myself that like I hate the cold, I hate the cold. I don't want like this is not for me. And so I thought, not only am I scared of this, but there's no, I don't even know if I'll be good at it. Mm. This is important. This is important because the women who are coming to my retreat this year, they feel scared. Mm -hmm. They're coming to deal with some really raw and difficult shit. And terrified to be in front of each other. And terrified to be in front of people. To be vulnerable, to deal with things that I've been putting off maybe my whole life. Right. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Like that takes courage. I'm asking people to come and have that courage on my retreat. I look super confident because I'm on stage. Yeah. Right. But it's my retreat. Yes. I know what's going to happen. <laughs> right. Right. Every step of the way, I know right. what's going to. They're going to do a difficult exercise now, and I'm leading that difficult exercise. Right. Right. That I wanted to put myself in a position where 
I was on every level uncomfortable and I realized I was uncomfortable with the cold. I was uncomfortable with the fact that it was someone else's retreat and I wouldn't be calling the shots. I'm on someone oh, else's watch right, now. Right. I'm on their agenda. I don't know what we're doing today. Right. I wake up in this bunk bed with, you know, a room full of the Avengers. <laughs> and I, I, That's what I was thinking when I was looking at that picture, like these guys with their traps that touch their ears. Yeah, man, like, crazy, it's like, man. this is, yeah. okay, I'm not, I'm not a big shot here. Everyone's a big shot here. I'm yeah. not Mr. Athletic here. Everyone's athletic here. This is not my element. I'm, right. I'm, and so that scared me. It scared me like to be in a city. I'm, I'm always the one at a party who takes my car because I'm like, I just want a way out of right, here. Right, of course. I want a way to get You've home. got the control. Even that is a control thing. Of and course, I realize yeah. this is, there's something about this that I need to, to figure out. Right. I, I can't get halfway through Poland in the mountains and miles from anywhere and leave. I am stuck there. Yes. I'm stuck there with this group of people no matter what happens. And something about that I felt would be important to me. And it turns out it really, really was. And coming out of that experience, you know, the, we climbed the tallest mountain in, in Poland and, you know, uh, did the whole thing in our shorts at minus 20 wind chill. Like it was- Did anybody get the flu? Crazy, yeah. Yeah, we got, we got, a few people got sick afterwards. <laughs> oh, you know, oh, okay, shit, but wait. Crazy. Do you want to <laughs> know something really interesting though? Here's something, here's something that's fascinating to okay. me. Firstly, Going to this thing reminded me why I love men. Hmm. It really connected me with men again, which sounds like a crazy thing. But like I said, I have spent the last 10 years of my life surrounded by women. Sure. Uh, Cheeky I, bastard. I was, I was in need of a, well, yeah, you say that. <laughs> but I think it's uh, an understatement to say I was probably in need of a boy's sleepover. Uh, right? Okay. But, but I, I want to know, what did you love about men? What did you find... Here, this is this is my nugget. I need to lean forward. Let me lean in like Cheryl Sandberg. Mm -hmm. I this was a group of really strong, capable, amazing men. And out of these little moments where everyone sat around, like it was in the quiet that that some of the best things happened. Not in jumping off the cliff, not in doing the mountain. Yeah, that was amazing. Stillness. But it was in the moments where we all sat around and people revealed things about themselves. And these men talked about self doubt. They talked about stories of bullying that had never left them or that it still played in their mind they talked about um uh the 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 ways that they feel they're not living up to their own expectations one guy talked about how he for his whole life has told his his dad his dad would say i'm proud of you i'm proud of you i'm proud of you and he would say don't say you're proud of me i'm not proud of myself don't tell me you're proud of me mm. and he was always looking for this time in his life where he would feel like he could be proud of himself and he'd never given himself permission to be proud. All these things that, that guys go through that I thought was so beautiful and it took a group of kind of evolved guys to get around and to talk about these things, but it gave all of us permission to, to release so much stuff. And I, I think this is a huge, I, it, I left that whole program thinking, I, I wish men could get together more and, and do this because yeah. we are, you know, look, this stuff runs deep with guys, like not releasing that pressure valve, not talking about this stuff. Like we're so afraid of looking weak. We're so afraid of not being capable. We're so afraid of not being as strong as that guy over yeah. there. We're so like, and even to the extent that you said, did I get sick? I got home and I got sick, right? We have this group 
text message that of course you know, you we're do. like we're gonna live for life <laughs> right we're all like brothers now yeah you know and everyone's talking about like they've got home they've been doing the breathing exercises every day they've been doing cold showers they've been doing this like everywhere there's all this and and i'm sick and i can't do any i'm like i'm just down for the count yeah, yeah. i didn't i i realized i didn't tell anyone I didn't tell the group like, oh, dude, you know, I'm yeah. so sick or whatever. <laughs> I was like, I was just texting in the group, but I wasn't telling anyone that I was ill. And then all of a sudden, one of the guys was like, I haven't been doing the, the oh, I, he was like, I tried the breathing, but I ended up in coughing fits because I'm sick. And then another guy said, me too. Then another guy said, I'm sick too. Then another guy said, oh, me too. Shit. And then I'm like, I'm sick too. <laughs> and I realized, why... I just went through this incredible experience with these men. I feel bonded to them. I feel connected to them. And yet still I get home, I get sick and I don't tell anyone. Yes. What's that? Right. I Did I tell you I was I was nearly on a plane crash? No, what? The week the week that I get home, I've just had this amazing experience. I'm sure. like ready for my year. I, right. I'm like in the most. Charged. And I get on a flight from Newark to LA. We're on the flight, it's two hours delayed already. And the pilot says over the uh, the radio, sorry for the delay. We've had some issues with this plane. But we think we've, we've fixed it. We're going to take off. That was my like final destination moment. You know, I was like, get me off. I don't want to be on this plane. What do you mean there's problems with the plane? Like if they'd said we had problems with another plane, so we switched the plane. Yeah, we have problems right. with this <laughs> plane. But we think we got it down. I... I was immediately, I'm like, oh God, that feels, I'm not happy about that. Then we take off and 15 minutes into the flight. God, what? The plane starts violently shaking. Oh my not God. Not turbulence. The plane starts violently rattling and the there's fire coming out of the engine. What oh the God. fuck? Are you kidding me? Oh my God. The pilot gets on the radio and he says, I'm sure that wasn't pleasant for you back there. It wasn't pleasant for us either. We have an engine that's malfunctioned and caught fire. We need to get to the ground immediately. We're over a residential area, 10 minutes from, 15 minutes from Newark now. And I, I literally thought this is game. I, I, I thought this is not... This is an engine that's on fire. This isn't like the weather's a little rough. We need to turn back. So the plane starts circling and trying to get back to Newark. And the whole while we're hearing these crazy noises. We're like, this oh is, we're God. flying so low to the ground. You can make out the cars. Like, I, I'm like, this is it. Like, if we, if we go down now, there's no, no one survives that shit. Yes, like, yes, we know yes. that. Like, people don't. So I'm, the guy next to me is, everyone's writing text messages. And I'm texting people as well. I texted him. I texted my man Jameson here. And I'm like, I, dude, I'm, I'm not, I didn't want to text my mom and dad because I was like, I don't want them, like, I, I don't want to yeah, freak them yeah, out. Right. But I texted him. I'm like, I might have to say my last words to him so that he can pass them to my family. Yeah. So I'm, I'm texting with him at the time. We eventually land to fire trucks and this and that. Like, it's crazy. The guy next to me looks at me. The message he's written out, he deletes. He said, oh, I, I guess I don't need to send that. Oh my it was God. a message to his wife to say goodbye. And 
we got off the plane, I get into the terminal, and I call a friend of mine. I call, in fact, I call two people. I call a female friend of mine, and I'm like, I don't know who to talk to, but I'm kind of shaken up. Mm. And she said, go home. I said, they're, they're arranging another flight like an hour from now, from the other gate. Yeah. But I don't want to get on it. Like, I, I'm just, I don't want to be on another plane tonight. She says, go home, relax, take a bath, get a plane in the next couple of days. Like, just please be kind to yourself. I'm going, I call up a male friend of mine. I said, dude, this crazy thing happened, whatever. He's empathetic. He's like, oh my God, that's crazy. What the hell? Then I said, there's this other plane. I don't want to get on it. I just want to go home. He goes, yeah, I, I guess you could be a pussy and <laughs> and just go home and not get on the plane. <laughs> that comment <laughs> fucked me up. In what way? Because I, and all of a sudden, I, I sit on the, of course, I say to him at the time, I'm like, that's such a douchebag thing to say. I'm like, why would you tell me that? Like, I'm. What is it? Well, it makes me less yes, of a, right. to get on a plane, right? Like if I if I go home instead of getting on a plane on the very night that it nearly comes down, he's like, "Dude, do whatever you want." But fucking, I would just get on that plane and stomach it and be like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do it anyway." I sit on the terminal floor, and I am now in a war with myself. Right. I want to go home, but I'm like, "Does it make me weak? Am I gonna now? If I go home, am I gonna think about this for the rest of the night?" That I'm like. I gave in that I I truly believe so many of the issues that men have stem from that yes the male friend you call who says don't be a pussy right 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 and yes. you're like it's it's so deep and I, I you know I made a joke the other day I know w women deal with terrible stuff from a certain portion of the male population that uh, in no way am I drawing an equivalent here but like I made a joke I was like women you think like men are tough to deal with we fucking know yeah like we're dealing with them right, too we're dealing with they're assholes to us too yes <laughs> <laughs> like we dealt with them at school in the locker room that's we like, funny you know we we've been around men for a long yes. time and we know how difficult it is to deal with them sure. like they're assholes yes like but I love them too. Of it's course. just that it's it's all intermingled. And of this course. this friend has said this to me is a dear, dear friend of mine who happens to also be emotionally intelligent right. and happens to be sensitive and sweet and all that. That was still his response. Sure. And he's not being a dick. He's he being really, playful. He re he's being playful, playful but he playful. also That's just right wants you to go home. He was right. like, get over it. You'll be fine. Because he, right. he knows the you chances are you're going to be fine. Yes. But then that sticks. So it's, I you know, I came out of this and I'm like, wow, this is something we should be doing like, if we want to, I, I spend my life working to to help women uh, and to empower women and to, to you know, I, I literally we have millions of women that follow us all over the world. Mm -hmm. And I just feel so energized right now by this topic because I'm like this, if you could get like the num one of the number one things women come to me with, how can I get him to open up? How can I get him to actually talk? How can I get him to like Throw this, him in a koi pond. <laughs> that's a start that's step one yes. kick him into a no pond. this is a beautiful beautiful um thing that you're opening up for me too I, I mean the end all question is like when is the last time we've done something that is at the that is past the threshold of comfort like really beyond the point where we don't know what the outcome is outcome is and we also don't know how to survive in that moment yeah. you know and and i think you're going to continuously unravel the gift of this journey for you um and 
if you embrace it, I think this is where what you need to take it to the next level, especially these women that are growing with you and been a part of you, because essentially you're 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 pretty much these women's life coaches, right, Matthew? With what you do, I mean, they're going to get through that first hurdle of going on their first date or getting over their first breakup, but then the next challenge will come. But you just went through the biggest extreme to test yourself. That then is going to be a gift for these these women in some way when you learn how to give them that ice moment for themselves you that's know right. what I mean and and that's exactly right and and you're right it's I'm unraveling it in real time but yes but I already noticed the difference because if you'd have had me on your podcast in November it wouldn't have been like this right I would have been great I would have had flair yeah. I would have said some great tips cool. like I know yes, I, I yes. would have killed it yes but but it would have been different yes. and it and I I can feel I feel more fearless than ever, to tell you the truth, to just be exactly who I am. And that sounds so cliche, but I can't tell you how viscerally I feel that. I I feel passionately that we live in a world where I think people find it extremely difficult to be who they are. Oh, yes. Um, there was a quote I saw recently by, I think it was Ram Das that said, we, we spend most of our lives reassuring each other that our identities are on straight. And, you know, we all have this identity. And the danger of anyone, you know, you, you have to remember, everyone listening to this needs to remember that all those people they follow out there, whether it's TV stars, whether it's a life coach that's super famous, whether it's a guru of some kind whether it's just an influencer whatever that means the the more these people get known and the more they get rewarded and the more they get validated the more that identity that got them there gets crystallized and gets harder and harder for them to suck at something it's harder and harder for them to reveal who they really are. It gets harder and harder for them to be act to be authentic about what they're actually going through right now this year and I, you know, I've been a coach since I was 19 years old and I spent most of that time trying to be vulnerable, but doing a pretty poor job of it. Um, thinking that if I revealed too much, if I said too much, if people knew this about me, if people knew that transgression, if people realized I did that that one night, if people, then, then who would I be? Right, right. Then would they follow me anymore? Then would they? And I just, I'm... I'm such a believer now that those things, that raw shit is, that's the life changing stuff. Because if people can hear that from you, they won't like, they won't feel alone. They won't look at you and think that you didn't have a problem with this, that you haven't suffered from that, that you're not anxious right now, that you're not feeling like a fraud right now they won't feel alone and i think that honestly we're living in the loneliest time ever posing as the most connected time ever and if if people like us can not do fake run there's fake vulnerable there's plenty of fake vulnerable out there let me tell you about this thing that i'm struggling with the real vulnerable isn't easy to talk about and it risks people thinking differently about you but it's that to me is that's the path I want to be on now. I don't yeah. want to be driven by, 
I don't want to be driven by fear of what people might think or will they change their perception? Will I lose this part of my audience because they don't like someone who's done that or that or whatever? I don't want to, that's not, that's not my path. I, I want to be someone who, who acts purely out of love and what's actually going to serve people. Absolutely. So it definitely has had an impact. God, yeah. I'm so thankful for you to share that with us, Matthew. And, and you make me think of a quote I heard where, um, in life, sometimes you feel like you're being buried, but in actuality, you're being planted. Mm. And I am excited as your friend to see what sprouts from this experience and how you're going to plant those seeds for other women as they, you know, learn from that experience from you and then learn how to. This is a whole new chapter in a book I've never heard you yeah. speak about, yeah. which is I've never heard actually anybody talk about in life, which is like, when have you really done something where you were fuck shit scared, yep. like really didn't know what to do. Yep. Cause I'm, I was exactly, I'm exactly that prototype that you d described where everything I've done, yeah, I've, I've taken risks, but I knew exactly. I was taking risks mm -hmm. with my wings completely prepped and on. It was all in the zone that I knew where to fly. Yep. So thank you for that. Thank, thank you so you. much. Matthew, where I, can we so support much, you? Matthew. Where can we follow you? Well, I, I want to give value. So I, there's, um, there's actually something really cool. A, a huge amount of what we've been talking about is, is how to build real confidence, mm -hmm. not fake confidence. Um, and I'm on that path myself, you know, um, but there's a, there's a training that I did that, uh, I'm going to give your audience for free. Um, wow. but it's a really, it's a really killer training that dissects and breaks down confidence in a way that will make it abundantly clear to people what they need to do next to become the most confident version of themselves. Uh, cause I think confidence is massively misunderstood and caricatured. So um, I've spent a lifetime working on this. This video is in many ways the culmination of so much work I've done in this area. Uh, and to get it, they can go to getcoreconfidence.com. Getcoreconfidence. Yeah, getcoreconfidence.com. Uh, and you can download that training for free. Thank you so much for providing that to our fam. Thanks Matthew for having us. Everybody, Thank follow you. him on Instagram as well. Matthew H U S S A Y. We love you so much, Matthew. Are you fully clear with your flu? Are you Are you good with your cold? There's a There's a tickle of a cough every now and again. Okay, we gotta hook him up with some Tiger Bomb. The, the blood of our people. I need a koi pond. <laughs> <laughs>